0: KMTT, Kimitzion Teitzay Torah. You are listening to the Arab Shabbat program, Arab Shabbat Kodesh Parshat Shlach. For those listeners in Eretz Yisrael, Parshat Baalotcha For the listeners in Chutz Arts. Kaf Sivan. I am your host, Jonathan Snowbell. My apologies for disappearing the last two weeks. One show got canceled due to. Erev Shavuot, Shavuot, which was on Friday, and one show got cancelled, I think. I didn't give it in any case, due to the fact that I was moving last week, and I was not able to remember that I had to do this. (laughs) Uh, Hopefully there was a replacement, but I wasn't able to take care of that either. So, my sincerest apologies, and we are back, Be'ezrat Hashem. Um, though, as a extremely Zionist and proud Israeli Jew, I should deny the fact that anybody is reading Parshat Behalotcha and talk about Parshat Shlach, however, some things are too powerful to ignore, and I felt the need to, to share them with everybody, and it's from Parshat Behalotcha. And I think I've discussed over and over again in different contexts the tragedy of Parshat Balotcha as a transition from everything's in order, we're on our way, we're marching towards Eretz Yisrael, and suddenly the, the upside down noons in the middle of the parsha, everything starts going sour. Climaxing, of course, with Chetam eraglim. in this week's parsha where the decision is finalized that Ami Israel will not go into Eretz Israel in this generation. However, I want to discuss details that don't have anything to do specifically with that, but with Moshe's leadership, Moshe's qualities that allow him to be the leader. <clears throat> A story that is somehow swallowed up within the larger context, the larger context of the mitavim, Avim, the people who desired meat have this whole give and take between God and Moshe about two issues. One is about what are we going to do with Israel's request regarding the meat and what are we going to do with Moshe's request that uh, he can he does not feel that he can lead the people by himself and God gives him two answers. One is that he will bring he will supply Ammistral with meat through the slav, the quail, that will be brought on them. And number two is that Moshe is commanded to collect 70 elders, 70 zikhenim, to help him lead the people. Within this story, there is a subplot, and that is the story of Eldad and Medad. Two people remained in the camp, and they did not go to Ohal Moed with the Shivim Zekenim. And Chazal explained that six zakenim were chosen from every Shevet, giving us 72, and then two. Dropped out in a lottery that did not become zakenim, and therefore they didn't go to the ohel with the rest of the zakenim. They stayed in the camp in the machane amongst the people. But what happened? Nonetheless, despite the fact that they weren't in the ohel and they weren't part of the shivim zakenim, when God transferred the ruach, the spirit, that was on Moshe, and gave to the ish somehow, the nevuah passed on to these two people who were excluded. And they, Uba Machaneh, they started prophesizing in the camp. Now, Chazal also tried to give a content to what they were they prophesied. And to this Yoshua reacts. Yoshua Nar, whoever the Nar is, runs to Moshe and says, prophesizing in the camp. Vayan yoshua binun klaim. And Yoshua says to Moshe, put them in prison. Put them away. And as I said, Chazal try to shed some light as to what, what? what did they prophesy? Why was Yehoshua so upset? And and the answer, and the answer Chazal gave is that they they prophesied that Moshe is going to die in the Midbar, and Yehoshua is going to bring the people into Eretz Israel. <coughs> in fact, there is no content of their prophecy mention the Psukim and as readers of the Pshat there has to be a solution to understanding the Pshat without without having to add extra content that is not written in the Torah. And therefore, that being the case, it is not the content of their prophecy that angered Yehoshua and elicited his response to put them into prison, but rather the fact that they were prophesizing, or perhaps more specifically the fact that they were prophesizing in the Machaneh, in the camp. In other words, as far as Yehoshua perceives it, as long as nevuah remains in Moshe's dominion, And in Moshe's dominion, could split into two levels. In Moshe's dominion, that he himself has, Moshe himself has the Nebuah, or that it is controlled within Moshe's fear. God took from Moshe's spirit and put it onto the Shivim zakenim, onto the 70 elders within the confines of all Moed, there is control over Moshe's nivua and to whose Moshe's nivua is allowed to spread to the shivim zakenim. That's fine, but having two people in the machaneh prophesizing—that's out of the question, not an option. these are free-spirited nivim, as we would, if we if we could say that—they're not being reined in. They're not under Moshe's thumb. This is an unacceptable situation. And Moshe's response is fascinating. <laughs> Moshe saying, "Are you jealous for for me? If only all of God's nation could be prophet, prophets." <laughs> Moshe makes a fascinating comment in which he says, "I'm not interested in a monopoly on the vua." Levivid that all of Amra could be Navem. Very interesting, specifically in the context of the fact that Moshe was complaining that the leadership was weighing too heavily on me on him, and therefore he's saying, Levi, everybody could be neviim." But it is even more striking in the context of Yoshua's comment. Because if we understand Yahushua correctly, Yoshua believes that the power, and the power in the Midbar, stems from connection to God. He who is connected to God, he holds the power. He holds the power of leadership. And Moshe holds the power according to Yahushua through his Nevuah. And. Perhaps it could be shared with a controlled manner, within Ohel Moed, to shivim Kenim, But we can't have this everybody doing, being Nevi'im that's inappropriate. And Moshe says, I have no interest in monopoly. If God wants to make everybody Nevi'im, I have no problem with this. And ultimately Moshe understands that nevuah is not something of a voluntary process. This was something that happened to them. They had a nevuah, So God gave them the nevuah. If God gave them the nevuah, who's Moshe to come along and say, no, you can't have nevuah. let's put them in the prison, in prison. Moshe displays an ability to not give himself any standing, he doesn't believe that anything belongs to him, or does he's deserving of anything, and if God wants to give nevuah to other people, halavai, Great, why not? And within this context, I want to examine the next story. Because the next story is a very parallel story. Again, about the topic of nivua, And it's a difficult story to understand in the Pshat. But clearly, regardless of how we understand Miriam and Aharon's criticism of Moshe vis-à-vis the Ishak kushit and what that means, the issue of Nevoah comes up as an issue of contention. And they say, Moshe and Aaron, harak Moshe diber HaShem, alogam banu diber. Did God only speak to Moshe? He spoke to us as well. In other words, almost as a background to this story, once Moshe says, well, everybody could be Neveim, I have no problem with that, I don't want a monopoly, this almost gives an opportunity to, for Miriam and Aaron to be critical of Moshe on what we're not exactly sure. As I said, the pshat of the Isha Kushit is a difficult pshat. But the basis of their criticism is he's no different than us. He has nevuah. we have nevuah. Why is he making special allowances for himself or special rules for himself? Chazal, of course, don't believe Moshe made a special allowance for himself. God, They believe that he made a special prohibition for himself, that he was he was commanded to separate from his wife. Which, of course, is an allowance as well, because we have obligations to our wives. We don't just have permissions with our wives, we also have obligations to our wives. Nonetheless, Moshe and Aaron say, we're the same as Moshe. Moshe can't do this differently. We're, we're the same. And this is interesting, as I said, in the context of the previous story, that Moshe says, everybody could be Nevi'im. I have no problem with that. And God here has to put down the law and say, Moshe's fine. Moshe can say, Mi ten kol Hashem Naviim. But Moshe is different. <laughs> Moshe sees things differently than you do. I speak to him mouth to mouth. He sees Temunat Hashem. Not in a dream your is different than Moshe's. Your is distilled, comes through, not in the same clarity. What is the source of this difference? I believe the source of this difference is exactly what we read about Moshe previously. Moshe doesn't see himself as important, he doesn't see himself as having a monopoly, he doesn't want to hold the reins of power to himself. In other words, Moshe has no ego. And that is what God says. And that's what the Torah says, pardon me. Moshe Moshe is humble. What does this have to do with anything, that Moshe is humble? The ability to channel the through an, through an individual depends on how little that individual ranks themselves as an individual. The more we rank ourselves. The more we rank our ego, the more we take stock of ourselves and see ourselves as important, then we leave no room for God to be channeled through ourselves. And we can't claim to have a message from God, whether it's a nevua, or whether it's a Psakalacha. If we take ourselves into account too much, then we can't be objective, An objective pipeline for Dvar Hashem, because we're not objective. We're taking too much of ourselves into account. Moshe's humility, Vaish Moshe Nav Meod. Moshe's ability to say, "Umitin Kolam Hashem Nevim let everybody be prophets. I don't want a monopoly. I don't. I don't need anything for myself. That is exactly the source of his greatness, because he can channel God's words through himself, because there's no personal interest involved everything comes through clearly. Because there's no Moshe involved in Devar Hashem. Dvar Hashem comes through Moshe as if going through a glass window, going through a vacuum, going through a frictionless pipe. Other Nevim, as great as they may be, don't have the same Anava that Moshe Rabbeinu have. And there is remnants, leftovers, of a personality, of an ego. And they cannot channel God's word with the same clarity of Moshe Rabbeinu. And this is what Chazal talk about Aspaklariyah miira versus Aspaklariyah She'ina Me'ira. Moshe Rabbeinu sees the picture clearly, like the light of day. Nothing's foggy, nothing's unclear. It's clear, as I said, like the light of day. And that's why? Because Moshe Rabbeinu is humble. He has no personal interests. He's not seeing what he wants to see. He's not evaluating something through his personal glasses. He has no ego. He has no personal glasses. He's able to see things clearly. Other Nevi'im are not on that level of humility. And therefore, anything that's channeled through them of Devar Hashem does not have the same clarity as Moshe Rabbeinu. And in fact, as an interesting anecdote, just to sum up, it's interesting to note that Moshe's failures, when he does fail, often come up in areas where he gets angry. He gets angry at Bnei Aharon for eating, for not eating the korbanot which he thought they should have eaten. In Meimirivat and Parshat Chukat, he says Shimuna Hamorim, and the the Ramam explains that he got angry and he called them Hamorim, which was unnecessary and in other instances as well. And anger, even it says anger L'Shem Shemaim, is an anger which is already taking a personal slant on things. Why are you getting angry? You're getting angry because you're taking something personally. There's no room for Moshe Rabbeinu to take things personally. He is at Sinor a pipeline, a clear pipeline for Dvar Hashem. And whenever Moshe Rabbeinu, when he allows his personality to get involved... And when he allows things to be taken personally, even in *Lashem Shemaim, that's where he falters and that's where he makes mistakes. Because he can no longer channel God's message in the clear, pure way that he's able to to channel God's message. Halvai, that we should have leaders who, A, don't have the need to hold on to the power that they hold in their hands, they don't see their position as a position of power, but they see themselves as servants of Am Yisrael, servants of God, and not people who are holding the cards to themselves as Joshua would have had Moshe do. And Halvai, we should have leaders who can truly channel the word word of God, whether we're not Zoha now through prophecy, but even through their leadership, decision-making, and Halakha, decision-making in in public policy issues, that they should have as much humility as humanly possible to be able to truly channel God's Word through them in an objective manner without any personal gain or personal ambition. Shabbat Shalom.